one for three. One for three or yeah, one and that's two? That's what I meant. One for three. Oh, one for three. Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> USC, baby. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 725 of Locked On Raptors for Wednesday, June the 10th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors. We can find links to every single episode of the podcast as well. And of course, please make sure you're checking out all of the offerings we have across the Locked On Podcast Network as sports slowly begin to ramp up. And there's some news on the horizon for not only basketball, but hockey baseball continues to be in some sort of labor strife uh, trying to figure out when they're going to play and we have it covered for you in all the local shows and the national shows across the lockdown podcast network so go check them out Today's show is brought to you, of course, by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. More on them later. Uh, All right, on today's show, it's just me, and I'm finishing off my series of uh, dramatic readings of the book that I co-wrote with Alex Wong, We the Champs, uh, as we get ready to celebrate the one-year anniversary of the Raptors winning the NBA title this coming Saturday, the 13th, which is crazy, and uh, it's, it's, it's wild that it's been years since it all went down but we're going to continue to celebrate that and uh this will be the starting off point we'll we'll go through or reread the finals chapters of we the champs and uh you know drop in all the necessary audio elements and whatnot as well and then uh we'll continue talking about that over the course of the next little while here we got next monday we can kind of do a, a recap of the series sort of do our title run and review episodes that have accompanied these episodes uh with the dramatic readings and all that so i hope you enjoy it and uh that's going to be the meat of today's show so Thank you so much. Again, later in the week, there's going to be, uh, on Thursday, an episode that is uh, not me. It's going to be a collection of our black hosts from across the Lockdown Podcast Network getting together for a roundtable to discuss racism, the Black Lives Matter movement, steps forward, uh, and all of the things that are going on in the world right now. You're not going to want to miss that. That'll be in my feed tomorrow, uh, so please make sure you're checking in on that and taking a listen. And then on Friday, I'm going to be joined by our friend Carlin Gay from the uh, NBA Sound System Podcast and NBA Canada and uh, FIBA broadcast to talk about uh, something that Tim Reynolds actually wrote about today for the AP. The uh, question of what the hell is going to happen to the FIBA schedule with the NBA schedule getting thrown on its head here and, you know, playing in weird times of the year and the compressed schedule that's likely to happen next season, uh, perhaps a, a you know elongated schedule into the you know typical Olympic period, the qualifying tournaments, all that. We're going to talk about that and the ramifications with Carlin on Friday. So stay tuned for that. Uh, and without further ado, let's get into it with chapter one of the NBA Finals set of chapters in We the Champs by myself and Alex Wong, and I hope you enjoy the ride that we've already been on, but it kicked ass, so why not ride it again? We are ready for game one, Golden State Warriors, Toronto Raptors. May 30th, 2019, Toronto, Ontario, NBA Finals game one, Raptors 118, Warriors 109 by Sean Woodley. Game one of the NBA Finals in Toronto, what a scene. 24 years of tension, built up by departed stars and inferiority complexes and a half-decade straight of crushing conclusions to otherwise great seasons, all released in one beautiful, uproarious day. Fans lined up for more than 12 hours ahead of the first finals game in Raptors history, just for the chance to watch the game in the famed outdoor haven for priced-out fans, Jurassic Park. 
Many of those old estranged stars, including Chris Bosch, Tracy McGrady, and Damon Stoudemire, were in attendance and honored by the team to boot. Vindication was afoot everywhere. It was worth every second of the 24-year wait. Though amidst the excitement and newness was a touch of realism. Underneath the euphoric haze that hung over Toronto between Game 6 against Milwaukee and the Finals opener, the scent of gravy could be detected. Toronto simply surviving the Eastern Conference blood wars and making the Finals felt like enough to satiate most Raptors fans' appetites. Beating the Warriors would have been amazing, sure. It also would have been crazy to outright expect it. Even without the injured Kevin Durant, sidelined with a calf injury since late in the second round, the Warriors were the champs. The Trailblazers entered the Western Conference Finals feeling themselves after an emotional Game 7 win over Denver out West. Four games later, they'd been snuffed out by the Warriors' machine. Golden State had spent the last five years tossing the good vibes of opponents in the trash. On Toronto's first offensive possession of the game, Kyle Lowry airmailed the pass to Pascal Siakam in the right corner. Maybe Warriors-induced jitters really were a thing. As it turned out, Lowry's gaffe would prove to be one of the only bouts of frayed nerves Toronto dealt with all night. With the help of a locked-in supporting cast, the dependability of which had fluctuated over the course of the postseason, Toronto weathered an 11.3 triple first quarter from Steph Curry to escape with a 25-21 lead. The opening 12 minutes laid bare the all-out approach the Warriors were going to employ to bother Kawhi Leonard, the MVP of the postseason to date. Toronto's superstar saw multiple bodies at the top of every single pick-and-roll he ran. Still, he ran a lot of pick-and-rolls anyway. Quote, they did a good job in both halves, blitzing my pick and rolls, Leonard detailed, after his clean five assist, two turnover turned as a playmaker. Quote, bringing two to the ball, and if I get by, that third guy is coming, but my teammates played well tonight. It's a team game. The Warriors are going to play like that, then guys are going to play well, get wide open shots. Quote, don't try to be a hero out there, just play basketball, and that's what I do. Kawhi having his space cramped all night meant the Warriors were always conceding something somewhere. That something was a line of wide-open first-quarter threes to Toronto's supporting cast. Siakam wide open. They've had exceptionally open three-point shots. Beating the Warriors is all about massaging the math. Threes are worth more than twos, and no one in history bombed triples the way Klay Thompson and Steph Curry had since the Warriors' ascent. Even though the Raptors fired up 14 triples in the first quarter, connecting on five, you could have still quibbled with a couple of the long balls the likes of Marcus Gasol and Kyle Lowry opted to pass up. The point, though, is that those threes were available, and it was all thanks to Leonard's magnetism. Earlier in the postseason, selling out to stop Leonard might have been a usable strategy against Philadelphia, or for the first couple games against the Bucks. when if the supporting cast wasn't bricking shots, it was straight up passing out of them. The equation changed when Pascal Siakam, Marcus Gasol, and Danny Green could switch 7 of 16 triples the way they did in Game 1. Quote, it's not Kawhi Leonard, it's the Raptors, said Clay Thompson after the game in an assessment of Golden State's Kawhi-focused D. Imagine hearing that back in round two. More crucial than anyone else to Toronto's all-angles attack in game one was Pascal Siakam. Toronto's ascendant star saw his efficiency gradually slashed over the course of the postseason, as the defenders in his grill got progressively more daunting. It speaks to how exponentially his development curve exploded in such a short time that the Sixers and Bucks assigned their best defenders, Embiid and Antetokounmpo, to the cause of slowing down Siakam. After dealing with the league's two closest things to real-life monsters, Siakam seemed positively giddy at the sight of former Defensive Player of the Year Draymond Green and his ho-hum 6-7 frame. Siakam's first quarter oozed comfortability. He attacked mismatches when they presented themselves, but was as at home driving and spinning around Green as he was against the overmatched Curry. 
He left the opening frame with a tidy 5 points, 2 rebounds, and 3 assists on his ledger. It was in the second half where Siakam really invited himself to the center of the NBA's grandest stage. Here's a quick rundown of Siakam's exploits on a string of consecutive possessions to begin the third quarter. One, a silky spin move and bucket around Green. Siakam, one-on-one coverage with Draymond Green. Nice move inside. Two, a mid-range jumper that rattled in. Lowry gets a good look for Siakam, who connects. 16 for Siakam. Three, a trip to the free throw line and a pair of makes. Four, his fourth assist of the night on an acrobatic leap and dump off to a charging Leonard on the break. Running the floor, Siakam back to Leonard and gets the roll. Five, a sublime switch out on Klay Thompson that helped force a Warriors shot clock violation. Six, a driving banked in hook shot out of the left corner. Iguodala 0 for 3 from downtown. Siakam drives hard. Well defended and he still banks it home. He's got 20. Seven, another wide receiver-like catch in traffic that he flipped into a finger roll finish. Eight, another pull-up 20-footer. All of this happened in the first six minutes of the quarter. By the time of the final buzzer, Siakam sat on 32 points to pair with 8 rebounds, 5 assists, and a steal, along with 2 blocks on a blazing 82% from the field. Quite literally one of the best finals performances turned in by anyone, ever. Between the 2nd and 4th quarters, 11 straight Siakam shots found mesh. He even recovered his lone second half miss and put it back to all but seal the win in closing time. Siakam makes his move, drives, off balance, shot, missed, rebound, tucked up and in! Quote, he's made himself into a guy, said Draymond Green of Siakam's performance, taking blame for allowing the 25-year-old to go off. Quote, he put a lot of work in to get there and I respect that, but I gotta take him out of this series and that's on me. Siakam, as well as Danny Green, Gasol, and Fred Van Vliet, proved a couple things in the finals opener. First, that the Raptors could in fact survive relative off nights from Leonard and Lowry. They shot a combined 7 of 23 in the win. And second, that Toronto's secondary guys were very much not afraid of the brightest lights. How could they be, really? On the road to Game 1, Toronto had faced just about every single adverse situation in the book. All the Raptors had seen and overcome was the seasoning they needed to take on the challenge of the two-time champs with eagerness instead of fear. Having Kawhi Leonard's unbreakable calm hanging around the room can't have hurt either. Quote, we know that they're human. I mean, they're a great basketball team, talented players, high IQ players, Kawhi said after the win. Quote, you just got to go out there and compete, take the challenge. We know they're going to make big shots, go on runs. It's about keeping your composure and fighting through. Don't put your head down. Players like Steph and Clay make big threes. Just keep playing. Just keep playing. Successfully abide Leonard's advice three more times, and the title would be coming north. The Raptors in the franchise's first appearance in the NBA Finals get the victory here in Game 1. Now, before we get to Game 2 of the Finals, I want to talk about Rock Auto, which, for a car dummy like me, is just the greatest thing I've ever come across. It is just the best way to find auto parts. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And this applies if you're trying to fill up your regular daily driver, if you are you know, remodeling an old car. There are parts, the most used parts for all of the models you can think 
think of dating back so far it's absurd it's just a wonderful site i myself am a car moron i don't really know how cars work this is great i know the model of my car i put that in and then all the parts i need for all the different pieces you know whether it's a gas cap a muffler whatever it is it's super easy to find they've got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps motor oil and even new carpets whether it's for your classic or your daily driver you get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door the rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate as well quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands specifications and prices you prefer again i needed to find a gas cap for my 2009 nissan versa it took me like two minutes to find in the wonderfully intuitive website and i ordered it for four dollars four dollars for a gas cap the, the the dealership was trying to charge me like three times that best of all prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers why spend up to twice as much for the same parts go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you as well amazing selection reliably low prices all the car parts you're ever going to need at rockauto.com June 2nd, 2019, Toronto, Ontario, NBA Finals Game 2, Warriors 109, Raptors 104, by Sean Woodley. In the aftermath of Game 1 of the Finals, Draymond Green accepted culpability for the Warriors' failings, particularly when it came to wrangling Toronto's galloping transition weapon, Pascal Siakam. Quote, I think he played an amazing game, obviously, but he got out in transition, and our transition D was horrible and I let him get in the rhythm in the first half, first quarter really, said the former defensive player of the year. So I got to do a better job of taking his rhythm away, and I will, but he had a great game. He's become a guy. No finger pointing, no befuddlement over the schooling he'd just received at Siakam's hands, just acceptance and acknowledgement of the need to be better, and an ominous tone alluding to the adjustments to come. Siakam shot 5 of 18 in game 2, by the way. Draymond's displeasure with his effort in the opener was echoed by his teammates. The Warriors weren't happy to see their flawless record in Finals Game 1's besmirched. Green mentioned Clay Thompson as one Warrior who was particularly peeved. Quote, Clay's not one to just walk around showing emotion, but you've kind of get, you can get a feel for when he's pissed off. I got that feeling, Green said on the eve of Game 2. Quote, you could just see it when he was walking off the floor after Game 1. Like, there's a certain bounce that he has. Anyone who didn't think that bounce foretold a swift Warriors strike back in Game 2 hadn't been paying attention for the previous five years. How Toronto was prepared to absorb the coming blow was the only real uncertainty heading into Game 2. Early returns were promising from a Toronto perspective. The Raptors' defense stayed swarming. Apart from a revenge-seeking Onfuego Thompson registering 11 first-quarter points, the Warriors shot poorly. Steph Curry reportedly dealing with a bout of dehydration started out bucketless on three attempts, saved only by four made free throws. Seven of eight Raptors to see the court scored in the first 12 minutes, and Toronto escaped the first quarter with a 27-26 lead. The second quarter passed without a Warriors tsunami as well. Even in the face of foul trouble for Kyle Lowry, Toronto padded its lead. Fred VanVleet added more pages to his folk hero's tale as well. He joined Kawhi Leonard as the only Raptor in double figures in the half. He'd finish with 17 points in a tenacious 38 minutes of action. Game 2 lacked the flow you traditionally see from the Raptors and Warriors. If foul calls didn't outnumber uninterrupted possessions, it was darn close. Through the charity of the whistle and a missed free throw by Norman Powell that would have opened up a 14-point Toronto lead, the Warriors crept uncomfortably close within 5 points. Golden State's propensity for life-sapping third-quarter runs had long been canned before the second half of Game 2 in Toronto. They'd overcome double-digit Portland leads in the back 24 minutes of the final three games of their sweep of the Blazers the round prior. 
everyone in attendance for Game 2 knew what to expect next. Over a stretch spanning 5 minutes and 40 seconds, 5 forced turnovers and 2 Raptors timeouts, the Warriors rattle off 18 unanswered points. Using Curry's floor-bending gravity as an off-ball screener, Golden State unleashed a parade of dunks and layups. Death by a dozen back cuts. Gasol, Van Vliet, Danny Green puts up another three, shot won't go, that'll do it. Golden State has tied the finals. What a gritty performance on the road, another road win for Golden State. DeMarcus Cousins, making his first start since returning from a month and a half on the shelf, picked out those cutters with rust-free precision. Golden State's 34 assists on 38 buckets was the highest assist percentage posted by any team in a finals game since 1960. All 22 of their second-half buckets had an accompanying dime. Toronto's usually adaptable defense seemed unprepared for the onslaught. Quote, yeah, I mean, it was the big point of the game. I thought just staying in the game at the end of the second quarter was also very important. Steve Kerr said of the way the Warriors flipped the game. Quote, I think we were down 12 and the place was going nuts. We couldn't score and Steph and Clay both got loose and the game loosened up a little bit and we scored. We weren't exactly making stops, but we cut the lead to five and we could kind of breathe at halftime. Quote, I think our guys felt renewed life at that point and came out and just had a great run to take control of the game. And we were able to finish it out from there. To a man, the Raptors place blame on their poorest offense for putting the defense in an unenviable spot. Quote, they jumped out on us, and it was hard to get back set after that, said Van Vliet. Quote, you got to score against this team. I mean, 21 points in the third quarter is not going to do it, and our offense has got to be better. And yet another showcase of Toronto's now-fabled resilience, it survived the bludgeoning without falling too far out of touch. Kawhi made use of a favorable whistle and racked up free throws in lieu of a functioning Raptors half-court attack. Eight points didn't feel insurmountable with 12 minutes to play. Leonard looked to be entering takeover mode, 28 of his eventual 34 points already in the bag. A frantic sequence of events to open the fourth left both sides spinning. Quinn Cook and Danny Green traded threes because the playoffs are weird. Klay Thompson injured his hamstring trying to collect a three-point shooting foul because the playoffs are cruel. He joined Kevon Looney among Warriors to leave the game unable to return. With the Raptors desperate for stops and the Warriors running low on warm bodies, things got especially bizarre in the final six minutes. Nick Nurse pulled a trick out of the high school coach's bag and deployed a box-in-one zone defense, four guys in a square inside the arc, and a lone, roving Steph Curry pest, Fred Van Vliet, scurrying above the arc. The goal? Dare anyone but Curry to launch a low-percentage three. And it worked? Toronto took its turn holding their opponent to a five-minute scoreless stretch, and the Raptors cut the lead from 12-2, to two, though a handful of uncontested misses left Nurse wanting more. Kyle Lowry also fouled out on a silly swipe at DeMarcus Cousins' hands. Not ideal. Quote, well, I was feeling really good because we stopped their scoring, right, and finally got something figured out down there to slow them down, Nurse said of his funky defensive alignment. Quote, and we were getting a bunch of wide-open shots. I think we missed three wide-open threes in a row there to cut it to maybe four, right? And maybe it was five, a bunch of stops in a row, and we just didn't get much to show for it at the other end. With 26 seconds to play and the score 106-104, the scenario was a tricky one to navigate for the Raptors. Rather than foul and draw out the game, the Raptors opted to try to force a steal. They nearly did before a sure-handed Sean Livingston picked out an unmanned Andre Iguodala, he rose up and drained the dagger that sent the series back to Oakland tied at one. Curry, Curry throws it, Livingston has it, back to Iguodala, Iguodala puts it up, it's good! Andre Iguodala drills it with 5.9 remaining. What a clutch shot from the veteran. 
Curry called Toronto's abandonment of Iguodala disrespectful in his post-game walk-off interview with ESPN's Doris Burke. Quote, well, we weren't disrespecting anybody, retorted Nurse. Quote, we were up guarding hard and we put two on Steph and he almost threw it right to Kawhi, right? It was pretty good defense. They were scrambling around, running like crazy. To be disrespectful to the Warriors is to be impossibly stupid. Toronto certainly was not that. Golden State threw the counterpunch that had been telegraphed since Thursday, but they left the second bout battered. Thompson's hamstring, Iguodala's quad, Looney's shoulder, Kevin Durant's persistent calf injury, all threatened to derail Golden State in segments of Game 2. Just as much as the Raptors, the Warriors would be in survival mode for Game 3. Only 96 minutes played, and already, what a series. Gasol, Van Vliet, Danny Green puts up another three, shot won't go, that'll do it. Golden State has tied the finals. What a gritty performance on the road. Another road win for Golden State. We're going to get to Game 3 of the Finals in just a second, and then I think we're going to save the final three games for a second part of the podcast that's going to actually drop on the anniversary of the title on Saturday. But first, I want to tell people about Built Bar. Built Bars are the best-tasting protein bar ever. They're so damn good. They're a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. 16 amazing flavors, new flavors coming out all the time, limited release flavors as well. You've got eight chocolate nut flavors, eight chocolate nut free flavors for those with allergies as well. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. They're great for the health conscious person as well. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. For example, in the peanut butter brownie, which is a wonderful flavor, you get 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, 3 grams of sugar, 3 grams of net carbs. Mint brownie has 15 grams of protein, 110 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs, and that one is freaking delicious as well. And on the whole... Built Bars have seven times less sugar than Cliff Bars. That is crazy, and they don't leave you with that gross, sandy taste in your mouth either. They just taste like a Mars bar, basically. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. You're going to get $10 off your first order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 10 bucks off at BuiltBar.com. Toronto Raptors and Golden State Warriors all tied up at one game apiece as we welcome you to the NBA Finals presented by YouTube TV. June 5th, 2019, Oakland, California, NBA Finals Game 3, Raptors 123, Warriors 109, by Alex Wong. Opportunity. It's a word used by players around the league often. The opportunity to win an NBA championship comes around only so often. For many players, they spend an entire career chasing that goal without ever coming close. For the Toronto Raptors, the door to their first ever title opened ever so slightly before Game 3 when the Golden State Warriors announced Klay Thompson would be out with a hamstring injury. Adding to the injuries keeping Kevin Durant and Kevon Looney on the sidelines, suddenly the Raptors were in the driver's seat on the road with a chance to regain control of the series. The Warriors were two-time defending champs, and even with a depleted roster, were not about to just hand Toronto a victory at Oracle Arena, especially not when Steph Curry was on the floor, a one-man offense unto himself. Toronto knew coming into the game Curry would be a focal point of their attack and were still helpless to stop it for most of the night. Curry scored 17 points in the first quarter, en route to a masterful performance. 47 points, 8 rebounds, and 7 assists in 43 minutes. Despite Curry's incredible night, it was Toronto that took control of the game early, seizing the opportunity against an undermanned Golden State team, taking an 8-point lead into the locker room at halftime. After losing the third quarter 34-21 in Game 2, head coach Nick Nurse made an adjustment to start the second half in Game 3. 
sending starting shooting guard Danny Green to the bench and inserting Fred Van Vliet into the starting lineup to start the quarter. And swapping in Fred Van Vliet to start the quarter. The move was made to provide some on-ball pressure to Curry, and while the Warriors guard still managed to score 15 points in the quarter, Van Vliet was able to limit Golden State from going on a game-changing run. On the other end of the floor, the Raptors found their rhythm beyond the arc, making 17 three-pointers, tying the NBA Finals record for most three-pointers made on the road. All five starters scored in double digits. Kyle Lowry bounced back from a subpar performance in Game 2 to pour in 23 points while adding 9 assists. Danny Green broke out of his postseason shooting slump with six three-pointers. Pascal Siakam had 18 points, 9 rebounds, and 6 assists. Marcus Saul played his best game of the series, outdueling Cousins to the tune of 17 points and 7 boards. Kawhi Leonard also headed his best game of the series, finishing with 30 points, 7 rebounds, and 6 assists. Golden State's long-standing motto had been strength in numbers to illustrate the power of the overall group that's required to win a title. On this night, it was the Raptors who borrowed the slogan. The starters carried the way, but in the fourth quarter, two reserves got the chance to shine. Serge Ibaka struggled for most of the evening, but was huge on the defensive end in the final 12 minutes and recorded six blocks in his 22 minutes of play. With 1.39 left in the game, the Warriors still managed to hang around thanks to Curry's scoring barrage, but Van Vliet drilled a three-pointer at the end of the shot clock to put the Raptors up 13 and send the Oracle Arena fans to the exits. The Raptors completed an all-around professional performance on the road, winning 123-109. Afterwards, the Raptors were quick to shower praise on all of their teammates. Quote, he was great tonight, Siakam said of Lowry, quote, just controlling the pace and finding his shots and looking to score. When he does both of those things, and also hustle plays on defense, I think that's the whole package for Kyle. Having him on the squad is definitely something that we cherish. He's our floor general. Lowry gave credit to Nurse for his adjustments and ability to put players in a position to succeed. Quote, his mind for the game has been special, Lowry told reporters afterwards. Quote, the growth throughout the year has been pretty good for him. He's not a first-time head coach. He's a first-time NBA head coach. But the experience he's had on the many leagues and teams he's been a coach for before, he's kind of just stepped up and continued to grow with that. Leonard, the even-keeled leader on the team, was more matter-of-fact about what the Game 3 victory meant. Quote, Another step closer to our goal, Leonard told reporters afterwards. A road victory in the postseason is always special, but especially so for this Raptors team, who knew how well their fans traveled during the playoffs. After the win, a small contingent of fans beckoned Let's Go Raptors chants and even broke into the singing of O Canada while hanging out in the stands. Quote, all around the world there's Canadian flags, Green told reporters afterwards. Quote, that's the one thing I learned being on this team. A lot of Canada is all over. And it's kind of close. People drive down from Vancouver, but Raptors fans are crazy, man. They're all over the place and they come from all over the place to watch the games and to support us. The fervor across Canada for the Raptors would only grow. With Game 3's win, they were just two victories away from their first ever NBA championship. Another big road win for Toronto. They had a big win in Philadelphia in the conference semis, a big win in Milwaukee in the conference finals. 